brought to you by the Where to Hunt podcast. It's Tactical Talk with real hunters getting it done across the nation. Hey everybody, this is Eric uh, with the Where to Hunt podcast. We're back today for another Tactic Talk and today we're chatting with Dan Smeltz. One of the guys on the working class bow hunter team, uh, Dan. We're going to talk about suburban hunting early season tactics. Absolutely, man. Uh, I think it's really a kind of an overlooked thing. It's not the cool thing to do on social media. You know, everybody's doing the whole public land and going back deep into it, which I do as well. But the uh, the suburban hunting is, is I think, really highly overlooked. In early season, you could really capitalize on uh, on a lot of things because you know you have pretty much all summer to look and see, find bucks, get on them and see what they're doing. And they kind of keep a pretty consistent pattern. I know in, uh, I do a lot of hunting in New Jersey early cause their season opens like mid September. So, you know, that's super that, early. That, yeah. Super early. And that time of the year, you know, they're, they're on their summer pattern still. So, um, one of the main things I look for really is if you can see into the yards, from the public, let's just say it borders public, like say you have a row of houses, 20, 15 houses in a row, and they all have yards, gardens, shrubs, all that stuff. And that's basically a giant food plot, really. Um, and if you can get an area like that where there's no major ag fields around it, that's the primary food source for the deer. And if you can, like, like I said before, if you can see into the yards from the woods, um, you can really capitalize on that because you know typically speaking the does are going to bed pretty close if not in the yards of the houses depending on how much how much action the houses have but so they're pretty used to people dogs you know noise stuff like that and what happens is you know the bucks will bed off a little bit further and this is just from what i've seen um every kind of situation is a little different you got to kind of play it out by what you see but um you know those bucks will come down a little bit early and if they see action in those fields as far as does you know milling around feeding here and there they, it's a lot a better chance that they're going to close the distance so if you can get between the doe and the bucks um you have a really good shot now there's really a couple of things you got to pay attention to and that's ground scent they they kind of really uh tip off on ground scent a little bit more you can get away with air scent your, you know your winds your uh, your streams because they smell people all the time but they might not necessarily smell people in the woods so you start crossing. You don't want them to cross your your, your ground scent, basically. So two main um, two, so two main points that I pulled out so far um, <clears throat> would be thinking of neighborhoods as a food plot specifically. Like, yes. dude, I got does that I got that come to my front yard every night to the bird feeders, right? So bird feeders the food source. Um, exactly. And then and then the ground scent specifically. You're saying like, look, don't worry about your scent getting carried across and getting winded that way necessarily as much. You probably should still be a little leery, but specifically oh, yeah, if a buck is going to cross your actual path, that's what you mean by ground Correct. scent. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you get further back into the woods, like say there's a, you know, 500 acre public piece, you know, as you get further away from the houses, you're going to want to go back to your normal, you know, worrying about your, your thermals and all that stuff. But right next to the houses, you don't have to worry about it as much because they're used to smelling people there. Um, but they still will get a little hairy if they get like a really strong, like you don't want to go out there smoking a pack of cigarettes or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, so you can get away with that. And also too, you have a lot of, usually there's a hard edge. So you'll have a lot of cover to play with, uh, especially early season. So you can get away with a lot more movement too. 
and a lot more sound um i've noticed uh you you might kick well you, you probably will kick up deer depending on what your access is if you can access from one of the houses that's like prime like that's prime um but you're most likely going to kick some does out but usually they don't go too far and get all crazy they just kind of bounce off and you know because they're used to it you know yeah look back like what is this what's this guy doing out of his yard <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly like, he doesn't have a leaf blower what's he doing <laughs> um so you can get away with that and get up there as long as they don't start blowing and going crazy and the bucks don't hear it you really don't have to worry about it too much um i mean if you can get in there without blowing stuff out like that's a prime setup or or if you can find like a um and a situation where there's a oak flat maybe between like really close to the houses, that's just a moneymaker. Cause those deer, the deer, you know, in that early October, if you have an early mast, they're going to stop and hit that before they come into the yards. And it could be, you know, you could be pulling a lot of deer there. Um, the only thing that's a little bit harder to, to, to work is if you can't see from the yards into the woods, cause the bucks will just hold up. They, they won't feel comfortable. Um, closing that distance until dark. So you got to kind of work a little bit further into the woods. That makes um, sense. And you talked about before we hit record, you know, hunting different States and it's not necessarily the arbitrary, you know, borders that we make up, um, but more or less the terrain that you need to consider. So you're talking about like hunting a flat property and you can see into a backyard. Talk about yeah. maybe some of your other experiences in some other areas. So mainly, yeah, so Jersey is more, I hunt a lot more flat area because Jersey is typically more flat than PA. Uh, but I live in PA, so I kind of grew up in, on hunting these smaller communities in like the mountain regions. And usually with those communities, they're not as, the houses aren't as tight together. So you'll have strips of, of timber between the houses and those literally act like a funnel. I mean, that's the perfect transition for a deer. They're going to, they have cover, they have everything they possibly need to get from point A to point B, whatever that might be, it might be. Um, so typically speaking, and I, I'm going to say typically speaking a lot probably because it, it really is so situational and you got to kind of just play with what you got. But there's a, uh, a house that I hunt where there's a mountain, it comes down to the, comes down and flattens out and their house is like on that flat part. The deer will actually work that top third and come down, kind of hit like the, the, the edge of the house and then work their way towards um, their primary feed, which is an ag field that's kind of, I don't know, a, a thousand yards down a little bit further. But it always seems like those deer want to hit that edge of where the house and the yard meet the woods. Um, and then you can go into uh, time, time of the year, kind of will change it, you know, obviously the food and all that stuff. But like I said, early season, you can kind of jump on that because you have all summer to watch them and see what they're doing and then kind of just go in there and make your move quick and get it done. Um, and it also seems like in the mountain areas, they're, they're on a schedule, like to the T almost like my, like that one place that I hunt, it's like nine o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the afternoon is when they come through like 90% of the time. Yeah. They're on the human schedule, right? If they're, <laughs> Honestly, if they're in the yes. suburban territory, right? They're waiting for everyone to, to drive down the road, go to work, take the trash out, all the noise to stop in the neighborhood to settle down. And all yep. the birds and squirrels start hitting the feeders and, and then it changes, right? So I think that's fascinating that they're, they really are operating quite a bit differently when they're in such close quarters to our scent, our sound, everything that's going on and the routines that people have yep. too. Yeah, so absolutely. they, they obviously know what the heck's going on. Oh, for sure. And, and you can use that to your advantage. You know, if you can get access from, you know, it, it could be one of your buddies or you can just, you know, find access through one of these houses find out when they go to work and then access when they're outside making noise, you know, starting their car, getting out, doing things, taking the trash out, 
and you can just scoot up a tree, you know, 50 yards in, depending on legality, you know, whether or not, you know, uh, you have permission, don't have permission, stuff like that from other, other houses. Um, you just use that noise to get into your stand and set up and you're pretty much got in there completely undisturbing everything. Yeah. You could be a total klutz like me, the okay center and, and <laughs> clank yeah. around back there with your Cadillac that's, stand and it's all good. <laughs> you get some more Absolutely. grace for sure. I, I like that. And that's, it, it's interesting cause I hunt uh, some, some County and state parks and, you know, with a lot mm-hmm. of hikers and dogs and things like that, at least on the trails, it, it gives you just a little bit more leeway with those animals uh, versus mm-hmm. hunting like the North woods where, you know, everything's untouched by humans. You, you have very little room for mistakes. So, um, however, like if not a lot of people are hunting it, you can capitalize. There's big bucks in, in, you know, uh, suburban areas, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, there's, oh, absolutely. There's giant deer, not depending on where you live, you know, that term giant can change, but yeah, there's, there's big deer in these communities because they literally have a food plot 24, seven, 365. I mean, other than dead of winter, and even then they got, you know, some people have shrubs and stuff like that, that are still kind of still alive and still around. And they'll absolutely dis- they decimate those. How, uh, how big are some of the plots uh, in terms of like acreage? Are you like, if you talked about, like you mentioned hunting a buddy's property or something like that, are you strictly yep. hunting that property or are you finding public that abuts that? Um, what is the typical size of the acreage you're, you're accessing for these small plots? It, it really, um, I would say no bigger than, 10 acres. Um, you can get into, I hunt other areas that like I have personally on another buddy's house. We have 60 acres, but that's kind of a little bit different. You're not necessarily hunting the community. You're hunting more of a traditional style of hunting. Um, but yeah, anytime you get that like 10 acres or less and it's kind of like house after house after house, maybe the plots can, I mean, some plots in Jersey are only a half an acre and it's just, you know, yard, 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 yard. Um, some of them out here in PA, you know, two, three, four, five acres, um, per, per section. And, um, one of the best things, uh, sometimes they do butt up against public. Sometimes they don't, if you can find a piece of public and it has an edge to where, you know, let's just say the access might be on the East side and on the West side is a row of houses. If you can use that to access, I mean, you have another access point that nobody else can do unless somebody hunts and, you know, yeah. Assuming they're abiding by the rules. Absolutely. Um, that's cool. I had one more question I was thinking about. So in terms of early season, the big thing is like these deer are following a very specific pattern. You know, we just heard about this, on the episode right. that Zach did with us last week, similar, like early season, they haven't, you can pattern them. They haven't been spooked. They're not, you know, uh, as right. used to human being hunted, right? They're just kind of on their own program, being leisurely animals, doing what they do day in and day out. They have not been Absolutely. disrupted. Are there any other yeah. nuggets of information that you can think about in terms of early season, like cover from foliage or like what, you know, stuff that. Yeah. I mean, know. yeah. Use the, use the cover. You, you can get away with a lot more movement because of the cover that way. And then you can going back to, I think Zach said this, you can be super aggressive. Like I would be super aggressive that time of year because you know, they haven't been pressured all year. And then if you do bump them once, twice, I wouldn't go crazy bumping them out because they will just move to another yard. You know what I mean? Um, but you can get away with that, 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 that pressure early, early season. And I, so I would be, like I said, extremely aggressive in that instance. Um, and you can learn guess, a lot by being really aggressive too and right, to help exactly. inform your early season tactics. I mean, just overall, but also like kind of granularly too, like, right. um, yeah, you can just, you can decrease your learning curve if you time, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm, t- I yeah. don't know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, you can, you can literally just go tromping through the woods behind these houses, kick up deer back out and then just stand there right away and hunt it. 
um, or just, you know, go around with it, stand on your back, bump some deer. If you bump some does, so be it. Just set up and see what happens. Yeah, it's cool. That's a cool, that's a cool approach. But I guess the biggest thing would probably be, you know, your ground scent, like I said, and then another thing would be your, your exit. Cause you don't want to be walking through, cause all these deer are theoretically going to funnel through you. So you don't want to get out of your tree stand and walk back through them, getting back to your truck. Sure. That would be a big no, no. Um, and I've done that and that's, that's from a learning experience. So you've learned. Yeah. That's, exactly, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you don't, don't want to do that. Absolutely. If you, if you know the person who lives there, have them go outside and like kick them out. You know, if they got a dog and let them, you know, take the dog out, walk around the property, don't bust whatever, yourself. anything. Sure. Yeah. Don't bust yourself because you know, those deer just came through you and they see you or hear you getting down in the dark. It, it could be a bad, they, they, that could be something that would uh, move them a lot quicker than just kind of bumping them during the day. But the you know, overall, and we got uh, a couple more minutes here, but overall, it sounds like, you know, transition lines are good, you know, find mm-hmm. kind of where you want to sit in that, whether you're real close to the edge or on the edge or kind of backed in a little bit or tucked in. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. not going to be in the the person's yard side of that in most scenarios. You're not going to pop up a blind right. in your buddy's backyard and just wait. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you would. Yeah, right by the bird feeder. Um yeah, so some of the, obviously the tactics and, and, and strategies we're used to is public land hunters anyways are still applicable here. I think you just get a little yeah. more grace and there's some things to consider when thinking about a food plot. It's good to wrap your mind around the fact that, that the whole neighborhood is the food plot. That's a right. great concept that I, I pulled out of this one. So dude, thank you, Dan, for your time. I appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem, man, whatsoever. I hope it helps somebody and uh, it kind of makes help, you know, it might have a clicking moment for somebody going, oh shit, like I got a piece of public that I can, I can make that work. Absolutely. And, and maybe knock on some more doors or figure out, you know, think about your buddies that live in certain areas and maybe this will open your mind up a little bit for some extra opportunities this season. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, you know, don't sell yourself short to just have thing to go to a 500 piece of public or whatever the case may be for, you know, kind of spread out. And then it's early season. If you screw up, it's no big deal. You still got three months to hunt. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Cool. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. I appreciate it.